Welcome to Coffee, Tea or Something Stronger, the podcast for anyone who writes. In this episode, we're getting ready for National Novel Writing Month, or NaNoWriMo for short. It's the annual creative writing project that challenges you to write a 50,000 word manuscript between November the 1st and November the 30th. I'm your host, Claire Lynch, and for this show, I talk to Sophie Green and Charlie Yarwood, municipal liaisons or organisers for the London NaNoWriMo region. Sophie and Charlie talked about what to expect, how to get involved, and how to bash up up to 20,000 words in a single day. That's coming right up. Charlie Yarwood and Sophie Green, thank you for joining me on the show. I've brought you in to talk about National Novel Writing Month, or NaNoWriMo for short. Sophie, can you start by giving me a brief explanation for those who aren't familiar with NaNoWriMo? what it's all about. Okay, well, NaNoWriMo is a writing challenge that takes place every year in November. Uh, despite its name, it's international in scope. It started in San Francisco back in 1999. Um, the aim is to try and write a novel of at least 50,000 words in 30 days of November. That is quite a challenge. Um, what sort of people get involved, Charlie? So... It's kind of anybody from all walks of life, and um, the attempt is to make it as inclusive as possible. So different parts of Nano focus on different things. So um, the main competition is 13 and upwards. There isn't an upper age limit on it at all. Um, So you have people from high school students to people at university, uh, people who are working full-time, as Sophie and I are, um, people who have retired and potentially want to write their memoirs, things like that. Lots of different people, really, and it's it's kind of amazing to kind of see how people from all those different communities then actually come together and are able to share ideas. But also it's great to see that we then support a programme Um, which is mainly in America, called the Young Writers Programme, which um, sort of works alongside National Novel Writing Month, which is to try and aim to get kids writing, which is partly, obviously, to improve their literacy skills and all those sorts of things, but also because if you can get kids writing, you can also get them reading, and that's obviously an amazing thing. If I wanted to get involved, Sophie, what could I expect? What, What does it feel like to participate in this challenge? How does it feel like? It's... You feel different for different people, depending on what you want to get out of it. Uh, some people, which is on their bucket list to write a novel, and they get the original to get off the bucket list once they get to the end. Some people go in with the serious aim of getting published, and that can happen, and you've got to work hard for it. But from one of the things I get out of it is that I get to experience a new story just in my head. And if you don't get it published, you're still writing a story. It's a brand new story that comes out of your head, and you're experiencing it throughout the whole month. Um, which is something I always enjoy. How do you get that piece out of your head and onto the page? How does this challenge help with that, Charlie? We're, we're a very, as I said, a very inclusive group that then we meet up in person and we all give each other a lot of encouragement and we kind of provide a social aspect that writers don't always have. Um, we also have virtual write-ins, so um, there are sprint challenges that go through the Twitter. They do um, word prompts and things like that, but also have sort of specific 20-minute sessions so that you can write along with other writers but not actually feel the pressure to be in a room with other people. Or if you're particularly isolated because of your location, you can still feel part of the community. And just having a deadline sometimes can be enough sort of additional pressure without putting too much pressure on you. Um, we run some really amazing events. So there is uh, Nano Rilla, which is guerrilla writing events across uh, London. 
So we've been to the Tate, we've been to um, the National Portrait Gallery, we've been to the British Library, we've been across the South Bank, we've been to so many different places um, because we've done it for so many years and then we walk between it and people sort of speak on the way and you can also just be hit by inspiration on the way moving between the different things because obviously you see all sorts across London and inevitably it always rains. Um, of course, it's It London. does. So she thinks it's because she's cursed. Every time it rains. Um, we also have writing events such as um, we do a train trip that's inspired by something that happens in um, California, so the, the home of Nano. So we have been to Brighton and we've been to Cambridge and there's other places that we're looking to um, basically take participants along too. So we write on the train and then explore a new, a new place, meet up with other writing groups and then obviously have writing sessions whilst there. Um, and we have the all-night lock-in, which is... Um, you're not actually locked in anywhere. Glad but to hear it. <laughs> we have a venue overnight and we play lots of really crazy games, uh, often based on things like Boulder Dash or Cards Against Humanity and other such games. And So there's team games, there's prizes, and there's also a lot of wedding sprints, which is really, really good. So we've had a lot of people who've won at... Um, at the all-night lock-in, so that's really interesting. It's also really strange what comes out of your brain at about three o'clock in the morning. But there is this challenge and competitive aspect to it. Can you tell me how that works, Sophie? People don't always have to challenge each other, but we find it helps. I've often done it in previous years. Uh, so, for example, back in 2012, um, I went for the massive target of 200,000 words. I do not recommend that. Um, in the month of November? In the month of November. Did you hit that target? I did. And I was in competition with one of our other members, um, but we were pushing each other. So the person I was uh, up against, they got the 200,000 words uh, about three days before the end, and I got there on the 30th. But we were pushing each other on, we are cheering each other on. It's, it's, when the competition is done well, it's no animosity. You can cheat if you want to. You can cheat, you can put fake workouts up, you can say that you've written 10,000 words in a day when you've only done 1,000 words. No one's checking up on this, you're not marching it, but reading the MLs aren't going to oversee you and verify what you've done. So you can cheat if you want to, but there's literally no point in cheating. Because at the end of the day, the real prize that you get at the end is to have a first draft of an all that you yourself have written. And so the competitive aspect is to spur each other on. 200,000 words in a single month is an impressive output. And I know, Charlie, your wordiest day is a day in which you wrote over 20,000 words. So I'd like to ask each of you, what is the secret to being able to produce that amount of wordage in a single day, Charlie? So when I first started NaNoWriMo, I never even thought that I'd be able to do the 10,000 word day. And then I did it one year and I genuinely felt ill the next day because there's so much caffeine, so much pizza and so much chocolate. And then the next year I managed to do three of them without even really trying. And so the next year I wanted to push on to 15,000 words. So that for me is the competition element that I, I compete with myself. And I think that... Building up stamina by the sounds Yeah, part. definitely. And I think that there's not sort of a secret to it. Sometimes people will sort of camp out the night before, essentially, you know, in their own flats generally. But, you know, they'll, they'll prep themselves so that they've got all of their dinner ready or everything they're going to eat the next day is ready. And, you know, someone is either making them cups of tea or they've figured out a way of making cups of tea or whatever it is that you drink really quickly and then just spending an entire 24 hours pretty much glued to your laptop. Um, a lady called Sushi Must Write, she just has a ridiculously fast typing speed. 
and has worked up her typing speed for um, over a significant number of years. 20,000 words in a day is pretty easy for her. I think it just depends on how you write and when you can write. As much as Sophie and I occasionally do sort of say, oh, this is where I am, where are you, you know, and there is that competitive spirit between people. There's no need to sort of force that, you know, there's no need to feel like you have to kind of do 20,000 words in a day because actually in 30 days to get to 50,000 words, you only need to do 1,667. Again, that can seem like a massive target for some people. But if you just kind of break it down to when you're, you know, say having 15 minutes coffee break at work and then just doing a little bit on your phone and emailing it to yourself and then thinking, oh, well, I spend an hour traveling. I'm going to either do that on my phone or I've got a small laptop I can do. It's just finding the time to fit it into your life, essentially. And if, if there's the will to do it, which very often there is, then it can be done. You mentioned work, and this is something I neglected to mention for those who are listening, is that you both also have full-time jobs while producing this amazing output. Sophie, what are your tips for producing 200,000 words in a month? To get so many words done, it's basically you must switch off what we call your inner editor. November, NaNoWriMo is not the month for editing. It's for getting your first draft down. doesn't matter how bad it is, you can't edit a blank page. So the aim is, I'm using all these cliches now, I'm sorry. But the cliches are good for getting your word count up. Use cliches, use anything you can think of, just get the words on the paper. They don't have to be quite correct, they need to be spelt correctly. Uh, I remember doing this mad dash to get to 50k that day. I was doing words, having words per minute I needed to do it. It became clear that I wasn't writing quite fast enough, so it came to the final writing sprint. I thought, right, just go for it. Bash the keyboards. long as there was something on the screen that vaguely looked like the word I was going for, just go with it. Ignore the squiggly lines you get in your word processes regarding grammar and spelling and all the rest of it. You can switch squiggly lines off. You don't want those in November. Just get the words down. Also, different ways of planning your novels. Some people plan all in detail. Some people, um, what we call, we've got planners and we've got other people who we call pantsers. And a pantser is somebody who writes by the seat of their pants. Right. And I'm very much more in the... Charlie is pointing to herself. Yes. Uh, I'm very much in the pantser club. Um, and basically, we don't do much in the way of planning. You, get, you can do half and half, and they're called pantsers. Uh, but I'm definitely more in the pantser club. And that just means I'm literally making things up off the top of my head, letting my imagination run wild. It doesn't matter where the story goes. I mean... I find if, you write, if you're writing a scene and you're not sure it's going, just go randomly, just go for it, just see what happens. And if you've, if at the end of November you come around to editing a novel, you find you hate that scene, it's not working, it's not helping the novel, it's fine. You can cut it out then. If you don't write in the first place, you might get this nugget of gold that you wouldn't have got otherwise if you haven't written all the other bits which you're cutting out later. So I find the advice is just write. Don't stress about how good your writing is. Everybody's first draft is bad. No writer's exception to that, whether you're J.K. Rowling, Stephen King, whoever... Your first drafts are always going to suck. That doesn't matter. November is just getting that first draft done. It sounds to me like the hard work begins after NaNoWriMo. What happens in December then? There are unofficial groups that do NaNoFimo, female. I can't remember how they want to pronounce it, but it's National Novel Finishing Month. And then you have Nano Edmo, which is National Novel Editing Month. But then there's also, through National Novel Writing Month, there is also um, Camp Nano in, I always get this wrong, April and July? So, I don't know, it's April and July. So April and July, and you can set your own goal for that. So what I find is actually, if you've finished a draft, the worst thing to do is to try and reread it then and edit it then, because essentially it's like... You've just read Pride and Prejudice, you know it backwards anyway, and you pick it back up and you start reading again from the first page. 
it's not to say that you're not going to enjoy it as much, but you're probably going to skim read it because you know what's in there. You've just finished reading it. So I like to put things away and then you can set a target for Camp Nano and sort of say, I'll do an hour of editing a day or I'll do however much of editing, I'll do however much of spell checking, I'll do however much of research to make sure I've got all my points right and that there's no massive gaping plot holes and do things like that. So it depends. But actually, some people write not to, to finish well to finish a draft, but not necessarily to want to publish it and not to share it. For some people, the writing process is just therapeutic in itself. And so then essentially, if you're not happy with the draft, you can redraft. If you are happy with the draft and it's done what it needs to, you just put it into cold storage wherever you want to or delete it even. I've done that before. And, you know, it's, it's just whatever, you, whatever it means to you is kind of how you figure out how to move on from that point. Hi there, Claire here. Is this episode inspiring you to be a better writer? If so, visit dorisandbertie.com for show notes, past episodes, a wealth of writing tips, and to claim your copy of my free ebook, The 200 Writing Tips That Will Get You Writing Like a Pro. And if you're enjoying the show, please do subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you listen. Now, back to the interview. Aside from the therapeutic aspect of it, aside from the sense of achievement of producing 50,000 words in a short period. Can you maybe talk about some of the other successes that people maybe got published as a result of participating? Yes, um, we do have one big success story. Um, I'm sure she won't mind me mentioning her. It's the uh, award-winning author, Warren Stevens. She's the author of the children's book series Murder Most Unladylike, which has been published internationally. It's been translated into various languages from all over the world. And the first book in that series, which is called Murder Most Unladylike, uh, she wrote the first of that as part of NaNoWriMo in London. I remember meeting her that year before she'd written it, and she's now gone to great success, and all credit to her for doing that. And the way she did that is by working hard afterwards, and I think we mentioned earlier that the hard work starts after November. So one big tip I would give to anyone in November who wants to get published, do not send your novel draft to publishers on the 1st of December. It will go into the V-Jet pile. It's, it's your first draft, you do not send your first draft out. So what you need to do after that is then let it rest first. Those, you can start editing first time if you really want to, but the best advice is to let it rest. Give yourself a break. Let it settle down in your mind. Put it in the drawer. You've written it. Relax. Get through Christmas and New Year's and then January. Then you can take it out and look at it with fresher eyes. You need to start doing editing of it. Take out the bits that weren't as good that I mentioned earlier. The things that you didn't like so much. Find those nuggets of gold. Work things up. You might find things that you may need to do a bit more research into to make sure they're clear and accurate. Um, for example, with Robin Stevens' book, it was set in the 1930s, so there'd be various aspects to make sure there's nothing that's not right for that period, for example. And then work hard on the edits. Send that to other people to read, people you trust, not just your friend, your closest friends and families, because they are going to have a biased view of it. Find a critique partner who will give you honest, constructive feedback. Uh, not destructive feedback. You don't want someone who's going to be too harsh. On my hand, you don't want someone who's going to be too gentle. You want someone who's just going to be honest, constructive feedback to help you improve your novel. Find what people like. And then once you've gone through various edits and it's got to the point where you're reasonably happy with it, that's the point where you can start approaching agents. So someone that wrote a novel with us about two years ago is now at the stage where she's just sort of thinking about sending it out to agents and she's been doing a lot of research about different agents and different publishers by reading a lot of books to sort of sit because she's in a very 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 sort of niche market um 
So it's just trying to figure out the right people. And she's been so committed. She did a course with Curtis Brown um, to try and refine this one novel. Um, she recently was able to quit her full-time job and focus solely upon the novel. And obviously not everyone is in the position to do that, but you need to be ready for it to take time. And you also need to be ready for it to be a labour of love. And you also need to be ready to be frustrated and to be feeling like, actually, am I ever going to get to the end of this process? People are giving me really brutal feedback and this, you know, it's, it's my emotional baby, essentially. And you need to be ready for that and not quite necessarily develop a thicker skin, but just be aware of the fact that it, it is emotionally quite draining and just kind of be aware of that, keep it in mind, but want to do it anyway. Can I ask you both what your goals are for this year's NaNoWriMo, Sophie? Uh, surviving. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to just try and get 50,000 words down. I manage that every single year without exception. Sometimes I fall short of my own personal goals. I sometimes set myself higher targets and I fall short of that. And that's fine. I, I learn from those those years. Uh, so the aim is just, just to get 50,000 words done. I mean, what I expect to write is probably going to be unpublishable for anyone. But like I said, I like to have a story occur in my head and just experience it for myself. If something good comes out of it, then maybe, yes, I'll, I'll put it aside into, into a folder on my computer and I'll maybe go back to edit it one day. But it, for me, the main aim for, for the writing goal this year is, is just to enjoy it, just to write 50,000 words uh, down again. Um, it's going to be a challenge because I'm back into full-time work because I've had a, had a few years out and I'm back into doing a, a full-time job. Or I plan to take time off, but just fitting in around everything can be a challenge in itself. Charlie? So... One of my goals is that they've all got a theme and this year when they announced the theme I ran around my parents' house screaming with excitement and shouting this is my year because it's time travel and anything to do with time travel is kind of very me so I want to make sure that we have some very time travelly events going on I want to make sure that it's an amazing year for events I want to kind of really invest myself in that. I do want to obviously reach the 50k. I want to be able to hopefully turn back time to two years ago and replace the novel that my computer delightfully ate. Oh, yes. how painful. Yes, finished in nine days and two days later my computer ate the whole thing. So I'd love to be able to turn back time and replace that. Um, but I'd also like to not suspend being human for a month because I pretty much subsist on chips and pizza throughout November, anything that is convenient. So I'd like to be able to kind of keep going with everything with my job, keep striving forward with that. But also um, I found out a couple of days ago that I've been given a charity place for London Marathon for next year. So essentially I've got to try and stay on plan with training and stay on plan with eating healthily and then also try and write a novel at the same time. How can people get involved in this year's NaNoWriMo, whether they're here in London or somewhere else in the world? What should they do? Uh, best thing to do is go onto the official NaNoWriMo website. That's www.nanowrimo.org. Uh, you can sign up for a free account there. It costs nothing to take part in NaNoWriMo. You can make voluntary donations if you wish, and they are very much appreciated by NaNoHQ, but it is entirely voluntary to do so. Once you've signed up on the website, you can find your local region. So, for example, we're there under Europe, England, London. That's our region. There'll be regions throughout the world. Sign up to that. Each, most regions should always, always have what we call MLs, municipal liaisons, and they'll have the job of setting up meet, meetups. Yeah. We are committed to do what we call a kickoff party, which typically takes place towards the end of October. It can vary from region to region. We do, do usually do ours on the last Saturday in October. It may happen around that time, different regions. And you can go along to your kickoff party, 
details will be on the website. There'll be, um, well, there'll be a new website coming along, but there'll be details on the calendar where these events are taking place. And we, strongly, we would strongly recommend to go along to these events because certainly I've been going to them in London since 2007. And I can say without exception, you're always greeted by a friendly group of people. And not just regional forums, there are forums covering all sorts of various topics. And I think, well, Charlie might be best to do that because you also moderate some of them. Yes, I do. So we have sort of like romance forums and um, there are forums that are for discussing particular topics they can get very very niche which is great because obviously if there is somebody in the world that is interested in writing steampunk fiction about unicorns then there's somebody that's going to be interested in writing that there's potentially other people in the world maybe not on the same continent as you that are also interested in writing the same so you can share ideas you can bounce things off of each other you can ask what works what doesn't work Again, discuss things like agents, publishers, those sorts of things. So it's really useful to have. Um, it's worth remembering that there are different rules for different forums. So a lot of the forums are PG-13. If you don't keep it PG-13, your comments will be deleted. Um, we are a very age-inclusive group. We're very inclusive in terms of there are a lot of people who are agender, who may be transgender. There's lots of people who may just ask you to call them a different name than what you'd expect to call them. And quite frankly, we don't give a stuff. The messages come along and just throw yourself into it. It's a happy, friendly, inclusive bunch. Definitely. And I think the other thing to remember, so the one big thing that can be a struggle for people is I've had participants walk up to me and sort of say, I did 9,000 words. Amazing. Fantastic. I am happy to congratulate you on that because if that is an achievement for you, that is an achievement for you. Wonderful. And then in the next breath, somebody's come up to me and said, I only managed to do 200,000 words this month and I have to commiserate them and do so without sort of thinking that's a huge achievement and trying to change their mind. Because actually, you know, if if it's someone that felt that they could do significantly more and they feel disappointed that you have to feel that disappointment and you do have to, to kind of sympathise with them and yes say that you're very proud of them because that's what we do but also be, be willing to accept the negative emotions that they have towards that so I think that the thank goodness it's over party can be quite difficult sometimes but it's still worth coming along even if you feel like you haven't quite got to the goal that you wanted or you haven't got to the 50,000 word goal we will commiserate with you and we'll also tell you that we're very proud of you for what you have done and that's the same with all the participants they're always going to be proud that you've been part of that community and that you've been part of that challenge. Thank you, Sophie and Charlie. You've made it seem like a very gruelling but appealing thing to get involved with. Um, before I let you go, may I subject you to our quickfire round, which is all about your habits and processes as writers. So, what fuels your writing? Coffee, tea or something stronger? Sophie? Definitely not coffee or tea. I have a strong loathing for coffee. Um, it, for me, it would be things like coke and eggside. Coca-Cola, not Coke-Coke, just to, to clarify. <laughs> <laughs> it is a long month, but... <laughs> um, I'd say all of the above, really. Coffee is good for keeping you awake, but it's also too good at keeping you awake when you've got to be in work the next day. Tea, also in large quantities, too good at keeping you awake. At the same time, um, it's nice to kind of have lemonade occasionally or, you know, just something different. Sometimes you do need something stronger, whether it's you're writing something that's a particularly difficult part of a romance novel where the two characters that you've you've brought together are, you know, being dragged apart or it's killing off a favourite character, anything like that. Alcohol helps, definitely. <laughs> when do you like to write? Are you a lark or an owl? Definitely a night owl for me. 
Um, kind of changes for me. So mostly I'm a night owl. I, I don't like being awake in the morning. But I have had ridiculous episodes where I've woken up in the middle of the night, sort of 3, 3.30 in the morning, and thought, this is a fantastic writing idea and I must write it now. And then stay awake till sort of 7, 8 o'clock in the morning. That's the only time I'm awake at 7, 8 o'clock in the morning and I'm still writing. Bit of both. Are you a planner or a plunger? So do you draft a detailed outline or, or do you dive right in? I'm definitely a dive right in. I've tried planning in the past. Me, it doesn't work. Different things work for different people. But I'm definitely someone who just goes just goes it without too much of a plan. I usually have an idea how to start and a rough ending that many for usually a slight twist in the end. I'll be aiming for that for the most part. I'm just literally writing about the seat of my pants and writing off the top of my head. I plan characters, so I like sort of drawing them say, occasionally, even though I can't draw to save my life. Um, I like sort of having a real idea of who they are, but I don't really plan stories. I kind of just throw them into a situation, and a bit like The Sims, really. Throw them into a situation and see what happens with it. Would you describe your desk as clear or cluttered? Desk-what desk, my entire flat is cluttered. Uh, I tend to have quite a tidy desk when I'm trying to write, but that's probably because I spend about half an hour procrastinating first and cleaning the desk. <laughs> musical silence. I definitely write better in silence. Occasionally it might be an evocative piece of music or maybe from a soundtrack. I mean, I'm a big fan of the Final Fantasy series and occasionally a track from Final Fantasy might help with a certain scene that I'm writing. Um, but for the most part, I write better in silence. Oh, I have to have music on. I have to, otherwise I get too easily distracted. I mean, I dance to music whenever it's on anyway, so, you know, anything like the Fratellis is on and I'm just there doing air drumming and all that sort of thing, but um, I have very specific sets of music that I can really write to and that I can really relax to, so um, Esper John Spencer Trio is a jazz band that I really love writing to. They're very chilled, very calm, but obviously if you write anything like a fighting scene or um, where you're trying to build a lot of suspense, then actually that doesn't really help. So it's different music for different different pieces, but I have to have music on. Who's your favourite writer? Uh, for me, it probably have to be Stephen King. I've got all these books. I've not read them all. I'm trying to read them all. I'm still in his early years. The last I read was The Tony Knockers. Um, but yeah, I find his books very readable. This is the hardest question I've ever been asked. <laughs> um, so, I love Harper Lee for uh, To Kill a Mockingbird, but I can't stand Go Set a Watchman. I absolutely adore John Green and everything he ever does. I love Nicholas Sparks, um, partly because he is my excuse for reading everything terrible, including Fifty Shades of Grey. I met him a few years ago in a Foles bookstore and he said, read everything good, read everything bad, read everything that's popular and see if you can figure out the difference. So it's all his fault. Um, but one of my favourites at the moment is Robert Muchmore. He wrote a series about child spies that started, I think he started it about 2005, no, sorry, 2004, because one of them turned 15 this year. And it is the most magnificent series that I read as a child. It's fantastic for getting boys into fiction, particularly if they're around sort of 11, 12 years old. It does tackle some mature themes, but even though the technology in the books, that, like particularly in the early ones, does not hold up to the test of time, the stories really do. Yeah, I just think he's absolutely magnificent. Finally, your best writing tip. Uh, just write. Bum on seat, fingers at keyboard. Just write. Get the words down. Just don't worry about what you're writing. Just get the words on the page. 
forget where the delete button is, don't use it. Even if it's a typo, just carry on, just carry on. Whilst I was in San Francisco last year, Grant Faulkner said that he doesn't believe there is anything such as writer's block. If you can't do that scene at that moment, just describe the environment that you're in. Just do something to keep the cogs turning, to keep writing about something, keep creating. Huge rambling Dickensian descriptions of things are fantastic for filling up a word count. So if that's all you can do at the moment, do that. And then move on to something that doesn't feel quite so emotionally difficult if that's what's causing you to block. If you need to take 10 minutes away from the computer, have an effective plan to do that. You know, if you're going to go for a run, go for a run and then bring yourself back. It's always about having that self-control to bring yourself back to the writing and essentially encourage yourself, but force yourself to do it. Great tips to uh, inspire anyone who's going to participate in NaNoWriMo this year. Thank you so much for joining me, Charlie and Sophie. Thanks for inviting us. Thank you. If you enjoyed the show, remember to subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher or wherever you listen. And if you could leave a review while you're there, that would really help me get the show noticed. I've been your host, Claire Lynch. Goodbye till the next episode.